Welcome to the ACC Panic Room alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Ovias. Duke and NC State on the road last night, both with the wins. Where would you like to start, Brownlow? Uh, let's go in order. Okay. Chronologically, so that'd be Duke, right? Yes, yes. The Duke-Wake Forest game where I started to get agitated by some of our colleagues who were predicting a Wake Forest win in Winston-Salem, completely just dismissing the idea that maybe the last time we saw Duke, which was a loss to Miami at Cameron Indoor Stadium, while Miami is good, I'm not saying Miami's not a good team. They're perfectly fine. They had a fortunate bucket there at the end. And Duke was, I hate. I, I know that people hate hearing this. It's entirely possible that Duke was still dealing with the effects of their COVID pause and they weren't completely at 100%. Uh, once you got past the hype of being on the road in a, in a fired up building, the impression that I got from Duke on Wednesday night, Lauren, was that they were trying to make points. They were really trying to like, we read y'all's tweets. We're going to show you that we're still, still like the serious contenders. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, we said we'd learn a lot about both teams. And I think what we learned is that Duke is still like the upper echelon in the league and everybody else is just going to be playing catch up for now. I mean, and that includes wake and as, as well as wake has played so far this season, like they do still have a loss to a bad Louisville team. You know, they did get still blown out by LSU and their schedule beyond that. And the non-con wasn't great and it's whatever they don't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? But like at the same time, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they're, going to have to do some damage probably to make the tournament at this point. And we don't really know how good they are. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I was trying to say is like, yes, they are better. And and this is still like a marked improvement for Wake. This is still good for Wake. Like they are still making progress, but at the same time, you know, maybe it was a bit premature for us to just go ahead and say like, oh, we are sure that Wake's going to finish like top four in the league. I don't know that I'm a hundred percent on that. So yeah. we'll see. I also think, too, that uh, John Shire made better adjustments. Oh, yeah, um, obviously. Much better adjustments than Mike Krzyzewski. I'm just yeah. wondering I'm just wondering if at this point, um, Krzyzewski, like Shire just tells Coach K, hey, look, why don't you stay at home? Um, I mean, I may be doing this next year anyway, so I got this. We're good. Like, we'll just, just do the home games. I'm on the road. We're good? I mean, I saw that joke being made. <laughs> Like, you know, he'll go to Carolina, right? Yes. He'll go to Carolina. Yeah. Um, He'll go to, let's see, where else are they? He'll go to Louisville, I would bet. You know, he'll go, he'll maybe go to Virginia. But, I mean, maybe Notre Dame, but, like, could you, would it be stunning if if he's sick, you know, against Florida State? I'm just trying to be whatever about this i'm just saying like he doesn't have for who for what like he doesn't need it he'll go to syracuse too and he'll probably go to Pitt because of cable but like you know if he missed the boston college game does anyone notice you know i mean he probably goes to that too i don't know that he skips many more i could see him skipping florida state and people probably freak out you know but that's about it like i think that a lot of the road games that are left have a little bit of a sentimental value to him so he'll probably go to them but i mean k was never all that big a fan of road games anyway no no he wasn't he never really was (laughs) true true road games lauren true road games Uh, yes Uh, not all road games are created equally not yeah 
No. One uh, one other thing about Duke, we we I saw this a couple times last night and uh, and this morning. We we gotta we gotta. I think I think Seth Davis said this. Um, we gotta stop with Death Star references. Like the Duke Death Star looked like the Death Star again, guys. Um, Is this a Star Wars thing? Please don't. The Death Star blew up. Like Death Star, like it's not. It, it's not you know. <laughs> impenetrable like it had like a weakness and i'm gonna say this to you as gently as i can blew it up like stop saying that like it's not a good reference let me say this to you as gently as i possibly okay fine in exchange for those of us who really don't care that much about star wars having it thrust upon us as part of the zeitgeist Mm. y'all nerds gonna have to live with some mistaken references okay Okay, fine that's the trade-off we're gonna have to make here fine okay all right moving on like scolded like I'm, I'm, gonna just, go in, I'm gonna go in the corner now i'm just saying like we can't we can't escape it those of us who don't care, we can't escape it we have nowhere to go we have no mutes we can do we have no. Fine. i'll leave it alone i'll i'll just sit and remind by the way it's fine to remind me people who don't get the star references it's fine when I get reminded of this when I get pedantic about something else. But I see this all the time too with the with the stormtrooper, the uniforms. People are like they miss all the time. I'm like it's just a uniform. People don't aren't into it like y'all. But it's true, they miss all the time. They never hit their shots. Um, anyway, yeah, anyway, point being, um, if if we're gonna go with the Death Stars thing, you know what really helps Duke look like? To, it's not Paulo Bancaro being Paulo Bancaro or right. Trevor Keels being Trevor Keels. It really is the emergence of AJ Griffin, who has come along the last two games and a big night last night against Wake Forest. There's other role players that are key for Duke. I think Duke's at that point now where they, all those guys understand their roles. Um, Wendell Moore also is a big driver for Duke's success. Yeah. But to see Griffin the last couple of games, even in the Miami loss, you know, just he's a key piece to for for the reason why K came back in the first place, why he's having a retirement tour. When all those things are clicking, yes, Duke does look like an actual contender in what looks to be a very wide open college basketball uh, year, which seems to be like the case uh, most years, thanks to one and dones and transfers and everything else. Moving on to NC State, where they went on the road again. Um, it, it's weird, you know. Y- you see the win at Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech had their own COVID break that they had to get over, but going on the road, getting a win, big deal for Kevin Keats and that squad that really needed a win at that time. And then they had an unfortunate setback against Clemson, and we all understand that Brad Brownell teams are good, they're well-coached, they play defense, and they really got in the way of NC State's other players from having a good night, specifically Jaquavion Smith, who... Bounce back last night at Louisville. Oh, yeah. like ba- basketball's a really simple game, Lauren. If if you just make more buckets than the other team, chances are you're going to win. And when Smith is making big shot after big shot, he was six and nine from three. Nice. You're gonna you're gonna win more often than not. Yeah, I mean he's kind of obviously Cbron's going to be Cbron. I think for yeah. me with State, if you can get a good night out of Smith and Helms, like. And obviously, at least one decent night from one of the bigs, you're going to be fine. If you don't get all of those things, though, it's going to be Sebron trying to beat somebody by himself. And that's not tenable. Um, so, I mean, it's not a huge ask, but it's not going to be a guarantee night in and night out. And that's why you've seen them, you know, kind of struggle and um, maybe push for uh, Chris Max firing. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, well, put, a, put a pin in that. Uh-huh. I do think that's interesting what's going on in Louisville. And there's a larger point about Chris Mack and college basketball and the coaches that you desire, right? 
But the the one thing about State is I'm at the point with the Wolfpack where I know we're not going to see consistent defense out of it, out of this particular NC State group. I know that's what Kevin Keats wants. That's what he demands. I get all that stuff, but this group has shown me enough where night in, night out, they cannot play consistent enough defense. They can do it in spurts, but it's not consistent enough. So they're going to have to go get buckets. And Jillian and I were talking about this yesterday, and he was concerned with Malik Williams. And and my my thing was, look, State still makes these things interesting. I mean, even in that, in that Clemson loss, as stifled as they were, they got to the line. One of the strengths of this Wolfpack team is making free throws, which, interestingly enough, they did not get to the line yesterday. So if you're not getting to the line to make things interesting, you got to go get buckets. And, yes, Smith and Helms, you know what you're going to get out of Sebron, but Smith and Helms have to be more consistent in getting those uh, buckets. And, like, with, with Smith, it's a freshman thing. He's learning. Oh, yeah. to be some consi- inconsistencies game to game. But you know the, that NC State is going to be in games throughout the season, but can they just get enough offense and not deal with an offensive drought that's really going to hurt them? And they had that last night. They had about a five-minute stretch where they weren't making buckets. I am. But that was the blip rather than the norm. Yeah, and again, like, I mean, I, I went on a sports shop yesterday, and they were like, what chance does State have? And I'm like, well, they have plenty of chance. Like, it's because you think of Louisville, and you think of them as a brand-name team, and you think of them as good, and that's usually the case. But this Louisville team, I mean, like, their best win on the season is Mississippi State, and that was in November. Like, they have some real questionable losses on their schedule. I mean, at least for a top-tier team, right? Like, they have four now losses. Four of their six losses are to Ken Palm 100-plus teams. Like, so to me, it was like there's no reason to think that they couldn't beat Louisville. They almost did the first time, and maybe Louisville's not that good. And Mm -hmm. turns out that seems likelier than not to be the case. Yeah, so um, Chris Mack was the obvious choice. When yes. Rick Patino got up out of there, right? I thought it was a really good hire, honestly. Like I, mean, I it, was, really it was one of those foregone conclusions. You know, Chris Mack could have taken a number of other jobs, but the Louisville job was the one that was he was positioned to take. And this is um, a reminder, and we see this a lot in college basketball, but Louisville is the latest case where the guy you think you want, the one that's the obvious choice, like why, why wouldn't you want this guy? sometimes doesn't work out sometimes it's not a fit and I think that's the most interesting part in this in that Chris Mack and the fan base specifically um and you know I'm you you know this about me the listeners might not know this about me I'm fascinated by the Louisville radio market because it's one of the more invested sports markets like they watch a lot of national stuff along with being really heavy into college sports because of Louisville um so they, they take this stuff super seriously. And Louisville is like the pro sports team in town. And if you do not in, engender yourself to the fan base, you're going to get the hell out of there. Like they're not going to, they're not going to suffer that. And it's been interesting to see Chris Mack just completely turn off everybody at Louisville. Losses aside, things just haven't gone in a way that, um, that people like it. And if they don't make the tournament, I can see them moving in a different direction. Yeah. Although I think I read the buyout was 10 million. Ooh. They don't got that pizza money no more? I mean, they have some money. We know they have some money, but... There's got to be some pappy money around, right? Don't they have to, like, save some money to f- buy out Scott Satterfield? Or, like, when does that... Oh, yeah. Well, I think they're just hoping that Scott Satterfield takes a job somewhere near, you know, in North Carolina, South Carolina area, since he wants to be home so much. I feel bad for Louisville fans sometimes. If you're one of those people that, like, doesn't 
that you only like men's basketball and football and you're a Louisville fan, yeah, you you're you don't have a whole lot of reason to feel good about anything right now. No, no, you really don't. It's 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 ugly right now. Anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of the ACC Panic Room. We will see you all on uh, Sunday morning or Saturday night. What do you what are you feeling? We'll see. I guess depends a little bit on the circumstances. A lot of things are up in the air around here right now with Omicron doing its thing. So we don't know where we'll yeah. be. We don't know. Well, I know where I'm. I know where I'm going to be. Okay. Here. Okay. Because the the Ovia's house is currently in the COVID yeah. protocol. Right. We've 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 entered COVID. You have to use entered. So we've entered the COVID protocol. Um, so I'll be here. I don't know where you're going to be, but we'll we'll figure we'll something see. out this weekend. Yeah. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the ACC Panic Room. We'll see you all this weekend.